Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buccaneer fans, Merry Christmas. It is Christmas week all over the country and around the world. Festive, fun time for everybody, doing their Christmas shopping. Not such a fun week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming off a 9-0 stunning loss at home to our rival New Orleans Saints. I'm your host, Jason Powers, along with Peter Blake. You are listening to the No Quarter Given podcast. It's one of those unfortunate losing week situations, Peter Blake. We nobody came, we came into this game expecting hat and t-shirt kind of game, clinch a division title, and we come out very disappointed. And now lots and lots of questions with injuries and such moving forward. Yeah, lots of injuries at this point. Very disappointing, Jason Powers, because you've got everything on the line. Uh, like you said, the hat and t-shirt game at that point, nine to nothing, no offense at all, no defense at all, no special teams at all, all three phases missing. It's almost like Santa put, uh, I don't know, coal in uh, the stocking, a big lump of coal in that stocking stuffer. So it didn't work uh, last Sunday night versus the New Orleans Saints. And then, uh, like you said, some big time injuries, notably Chris Godwin out for the year, torn ACL. Very, very disappointing. Yep. The, uh, Biggest thing the Bucks are doing this week is, is checking their insurance coverage. Lots of MRIs, lots of surgeries. I mean, just, te- I mean, terrible news, obviously, with Chris Godwin. You had Leonard Fournette. You had Mike Evans. You had Levante David. You obviously were already missing Antoine Winfield, Richard Sherman. So just a carnage when it comes to the injury front for the Buccaneers. Uh, look, Luckily, it looks like the only injury that's going to be season-ending is Chris Godwin. You don't know about Leonard Fournette. You don't know about uh, Levante David. Sounds like the Mike Evans injury is not too bad that we pretty sure he'll be back within a couple of weeks, but the other guys, you don't have, we don't have, we really don't know. And you, and you worry about that. Um, But let's, let's just, let's, let's hit the bucks. Let's hit the saints game real quick before we get to Carolina. Obviously we're here going to talk about the Carolina Panthers coming up here in just a minute, but let's review the bucks game Sunday. You know, obviously, lots of expectations going into that game. Taysom Hill, national TV, Sunday night football. Um, just your general thoughts when you're watching the game. It's a totally different offense, totally different team. I mean, it just seems like, once again, the Saints have the Bucks number, especially Brady, uh, eight interceptions in his uh, career against the Saints. Uh, you look at third down defensively uh, for uh, for the Bucks. I mean, they – did a good job, three for 16. They were kept in the game. Uh, nothing, you know, offensive, no big-time plays. Callaway had a couple 40-yard passes. Besides that, that's about it. Hill, 154 yards. Yep. But the big story was the offensive line and their inability, this would be the Bucks to block a Cam Jordan and the Saints overall. And we talked about it. That's the big-time key of the year. That's always a key for an NFL football game 
Uh, if you can't keep Tom Brady clean and you get pressure on him, especially uh, in the interior, uh, then you can cause some things to happen. And of course, uh, with Brady running, we talked about it. We were joking about it, how he doesn't have speed. They looked like they were making a move there to score a touchdown. And of course, it was not to be with a, a fumble caused by the Saints. So a disastrous night, if you will. And I got to ask you this, when you saw the hit on Chris Godwin, because Rondé Barber, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, was talking about this, yep. and P.J. Williams aiming for the knees, did you think it was a dirty hit by Williams? I certainly did on the replay. I mean, it's it's not a good hit. It's legal. I mean, sure. I mean, the, the only bad thing is Godwin was kind of stretched out the way he was stretched out, trying to make the catch, put him in a tough yeah. spot as far as to be able to protect himself. I mean, sure. Is is it is it a perfect hit? No. I mean, you can't kill him because they've legislated the hit high out of the game. You can't. You know, normally that would be a hit where a guy five, ten years ago would hit him up high in the chest and maybe right. launch him and, and try to dislodge the ball, but you can't do that anymore if you're a DB. Sure, it would, the, we all think it's a bad hit because he's out for the season. But if it was a Buccaneer sure. guy doing that, would we think that? If it was Antoine Winfield hitting Mike Thomas like that would we think that we probably wouldn't we would probably justify oh he hit him because you can't hit him high anymore i'm not going to kill the guy now what i do think was all what i didn't like later in the game was there was another similar opportunity i think a guy tried to hit rob gronkowski low on a catch he made i think that one was clearly kind of a, a, a a go low on purpose kind of hit on gronkowski Luckily, Gronkowski sidestepped it, avoided the hit, and then got tackled. But the second one, I definitely think was a was a was a cheap shot attempt. The first one, yeah, was it perfect? No, but I'm not going to kill the guy for hitting him where he hit him. Because again, Godwin to me was a little bit awkwardly stretched out for the ball um, and all that stuff. But it, 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 you know, it's 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 just it's just unfortunate. It's it's bad luck. It is. It's unfortunate, but when Rondé Barber is clearly pointing this out to me, uh, we all need to take a look at it. And a player doesn't necessarily have to aim for the knees. Of course, you knew he was going to because now you can't hit a defenseless uh, wide receiver high. So you go lower, but you don't have to necessarily go for the knees. You can go for the sternum. You can make a good form tackle. Right. It just seemed kind of cheap to me. And Look, the Saints been known for this. This is the reason why, you know, you talk about it last week with TJ and Paul, why it's a rivalry game, because right. there's a lot of hatred. And these are the type of things that you really hate about the Saints. Now, what, what you the- don't like is you don't like the celebration afterwards when Godwin's laying on the ground and they're celebrating sure. when he's clearly right. hurt. It's not like he was got the wind knocked out of him. He was clearly hurt and you knew it was probably going to be some type. I mean, you knew it was some type of knee injury. You didn't know the extent sure. at the time, but you knew he was hurt. The celebrating right. in the, in the, I would say mocking of him. That's the stuff. Wow. That you, yeah. That's the stuff that you don't like. That's the yeah. stuff that I don't care what team it is and who you don't like and who they're all p- football players. And they're all same. They're all part of the same brotherhood fraternity to some degree with, because they all, they all take those shots. So that's, that's the yeah. part that's, that's pretty, that's pretty weak and, from the Saints' perspective, and and that probably is, that probably plays into the rivalry thing more than anything else is why they're over there celebrating like they were. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you know, saying that, watching this team, I hope they get their doors blown off by the Miami Dolphins next week. I really do. Right. I, I I just I can't stand them. I even with Sean Payton not being there, it seemed like they picked up a level. And 
as we talked about in our pregame show, Dennis Allen doesn't get enough uh, credit, but you know, Dennis Allen is a great defensive coordinator. And for some reason, Jason powers, he always has the bucks number, especially offensively. It's disappointing. And now you talked about the situation with Godwin being out. It's not only Godwin, it's Mike Evans possibly missing some time. You've got Leonard Fournette who's going to miss some time for the regular season. They go out and sign Le'Veon Bell from the Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Jets, the Ravens, the Chiefs. I mean, is he going to be Le'Veon Bell from the Steelers? Most likely not. But Here's your guy. Here's the chance. Your guy getting his chance one more time. The victim of volume. Your guy gets his last stand in Tampa because if he doesn't take advantage of this, he will not be he will not be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer next year. This is your guy's chance. Yeah, this is the guy's chance, and he's got to do a better job of pass protecting. And you saw Keyshawn Vaughn on third down, and I don't know what that was that third down call, but you know, either A, the Bucs don't necessarily believe in what they have, or B, because Leonard Fournette went on the IR, they wanted to take the opportunity with Bell. Your thoughts on this, and I'll give you my thoughts on Ronald Jones. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you had to sign a running back. I mean, whether, I mean, I don't, I mean, you, you, just out of a numbers game, you had to have another running back on the roster. To me, Le'Veon Bell's an inexpensive veteran presence. He, I think he'll be the third down guy. I think Ronald Jones will be the clearly the number one guy. I think Bell can be. Yeah. Bell's been pretty good in pass protection in his career. He's a, he's got really good hands. I think they were disappointed in Keyshawn Vaughn's ability to catch the ball. But you saw the one throw they made to him. He looked like he was deer in the headlights with his hand. Brady didn't look happy at all. I no. think it's another veteran guy that can be the third down back. And if Ronald Jones falters or gets hurt, I think it, it, Bell's the guy you could give the ball to. 10 or 12 times a game if you had to, and he could still be semi-productive. So I don't mind the move at all. No, I don't mind the move at all. I think uh, hopefully he could be still productive in this offense. I don't expect him with his Pittsburgh Steelers days uh, because of what he's shown, no. but who knows what Brady in that offense. But you're going back to Jones. We talk about a pass protection. He's got to catch the ball consistently, uh, and he's got to put his – helmet down his shoulder pad down and bowl over somebody we've seen him do it needs to get more opportunities and it goes back to the scene of the crime against the Carolina Panthers where he had the longest run yep. in Tampa Bay Buccaneer yep. history the victim of volume 98 yards we'll see if he can do it this Sunday but uh he's got everything to lose at this point and everything to win if he's productive maybe the Bucks consider re-signing him in free agency um after you know that production in these last couple games been an up and down he's been an up and down guy with the Buccaneers he's had moments of brilliance and he's had moments where you you just you shake your head wondering man when's this guy gonna gonna take the next step so this this could be his chance yep yep agreeing going back to the Saints game did you like the game plan I mean what I don't really understand here Jason is it's third and one or third and two manageable situation and you're throwing the ball down the field instead of taking the short. Did you understand that at all? And the Bucs have kind of had problems with that even last year. Yeah, th- yeah, you, you're right. Couple, couple suspect play calls. I don't know if that was the primary option on the play. Only Tom knows that or and Byron Leftwich knows if, if he was supposed to throw the 35-yard ball down the sidelines a couple times. Again, remember, some drops. Gronkowski did not play well Sunday. Had a couple easy balls that he dropped. You know, again, he the one opportunity you thought the Buccaneers were going to steal this game was when he threw the 
the kind of the, the, the wheel route down the sideline to Gronkowski. He didn't get his head around in time. The ball kind of went right through his hands. Would have been yeah. first and goal at like the five yard line. Again, was it a was it a lights issue in the stadium? Who knows? He didn't make the play. Gronkowski didn't play his best game. It was just one of those nights where everybody did not play well. Brady was not as sharp as he normally is. And and, and more importantly, moving forward, the Scotty Millers, the uh, the the uh, Tyler Johnsons, and the Jalen Dardens didn't show me much when they got the opportunity. That was a little more disappointing over the course of the last two and a half quarters than anything else is that those guys didn't really step up and make a play either. Yeah. We've seen Tyler Johnson before make some big time catches, but he had some critical drops the other night, had a big catch. You need to get more out of him, especially with Evans and Godwin. And now the return of AB, that was the other story this week where you're surprised that uh, B.A. in so many words paraphrasing said, we're going to do what's best for this team. I don't give a you-know-what about what anybody thinks. Were you surprised by that response? No. I mean, you have to – that's that's the answer you have to give because right. th- they're not going to let – given the circumstances of the injuries, they're not going to let Antonio Brown go. As much as you and I and a lot of people in the community don't despise what he's doing or has done in his career, and probably as many guys in that building despise what he's done in his career – you can't let them go from a, from a football perspective. You have to keep them had Godwin and Evans not got injured. I think he would have remained on injured reserve. I don't think they would have activated him. but if you, if you release him today, he'll be in somebody else's facility in a, tomorrow, green Bay, Baltimore, one of those kind of teams that can yeah. use a receiver and he could come back to hurt you. You know, I don't think Bruce Arians, ideally, this is his call. I think this is a Tom Brady decision. And Jason Light's probably in management is probably going to obviously we're all going to lean to Tom Brady as far as on this one. I don't think he'll be on the team next year, no matter what, no matter if Brady's here or not. But I think it's something you had you have to bite your tongue and just go with the flow with 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 Antonio. And you need him. He's going to be a critical factor here these next four or five weeks. He could be your number one receiver for the next month. Agree. Good stuff. Very good (laughs) stuff. So see if he can step up and. Lots of stories with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think the NFL really did them a favor, but we've seen before this year where teams are not supposed to beat other teams, and uh, Carolina's not going to be a rollover, but you do get Carolina and Carolina, the Jets in between there, and then Carolina at home. So the Bucs need to take care of business, of course, with their loss. They fall on out of that position, and then the Rams – Winning last night looks like they're in the fourth position, so they have some work to do if they still want to get that number one seed, Jason Powers. Yep, the Rams, I mean, the Arizona still has the tiebreaker over the Rams, so technically the Cardinals are still in first place. The Bucks still have a golden opportunity to get the number two seed because, remember, they're tied with the Rams and the – I mean, they're tied with the Rams, Arizona, and the Cowboys, but the Cowboys and the Arizona play each other in two weeks. So one of those two teams is going to have another loss. The Bucs obviously have the tiebreaker over the Cowboys because of the early season. What you don't want is you don't want the Rams to be the three seed. You don't want the Rams and the Bucs to be tied because we don't have the tiebreaker over the Rams because of the early season right. loss. So you want the you we really want Arizona in the mix as opposed to the Rams down the stretch because the more favorable tiebreakers for the Buccaneers for that two seed. And you don't want to see that you don't want to see the New Orleans Saints as the seventh seed in the playoffs again. If you're the Tampa no, Bay Buccaneers, 
You, you definitely don't. But then again, uh, there's a lot of people that were talking about that last year. The Bucs didn't want to see the yeah. Saints in the playoffs and take care of business. But I, I, the Saints defense is really good. They I are. They're that, I don't think they're that good. I just think, once again, they have the Bucs number. I think the Bucs can beat them in the playoffs for some reason. Sure. No doubt about wants, it. Who wants to play them again? Yeah. I mean, the bottom of the NFC, that's the interesting part, too, is the bottom of the NFC is so clogged up. You got so many teams at seven and seven. You got Minnesota. You got Philadelphia. You got, you know, the red, the football team is still kind of in it. So you got a lot of teams jockeying for position that six and seven seed with the 49ers are in. It looks like the 49ers are going to be, I would say comfortably, but it looks like they're going to make it. It looks like, uh, barring a, a meltdown, but uh, that seven seed is where you want to be the two seed to play that seven seed in the NFC come wild card weekend. Agree. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a minute. Now a word from our sponsor, BetUS. Hey, guys and girls, with the college bowl games in full swing and the NFL playoffs fast approaching, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. As you may or may not know, BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving, and most importantly, paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses available to you. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 1-800-MY-BETUS. You will receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using the bonus code, promo code 125. Not 50, not 75, not 100, but 125%. They have re-up and referral bonuses as well. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a ton of reasons. BetUS has all of your NBA, NHL games with team and player props and loads of NFL odds and plays. You can bet UFC matches, UFC props, PGA Tour golf, PGA Tour golf round matchups, and live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all of your favorite horse tracks from around the country. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Bet US. You bet, you win, and more importantly, you get paid. Bet US. And remember our promo code XXXX. Bet US, where the game begins. All right, let's get to the Carolina Panthers. Bucks lead, Bucks trail the all time series seventh. You know, they trail 24-17. Carolina has the edge 24-17, which you is a little bit surprising because the, the Panthers are an ex, have been an expansion team for 25 years. So, you know, they've only – they have, you know, you would have thought the Buccaneers would have a little bit of the edge. But what a rivalry that's this has turned into in the new NFC South that, that was created in 2002. You know, you have us, the Bucks, the Falcons, New Orleans. You know, Carolina's kind of that team that's – we, there's not been a great, you know, we've had plenty of battles with them. Guys like Steve Smith, Moosin Muhammad, Jake DeLome, uh, Julius Peppers have been buck killers over the years. Just your thoughts, your early thoughts about the, about the Panthers and some of those big names that we've had to deal with over the years. I mean, throughout the year, Steve Smith has definitely been the thorn in the side of the Bucks, right? I mean, Julius Peppers, who could forget Peppers' uh, battles with Kenyatta Walker? You would want to forget them, but they're nightmares because it was always domination by Peppers, and no matter what team Peppers played for, whether it was the Bears, the Packers, 
or especially the Panthers, you got a big dose of him. And then, of course, Cam Newton with his running style and so many years of bad Buccaneer defenses trying to stop him, and it was never possible. I mean, there were a couple years here and there you got him, but the majority of the time, Cam Newton and the Panthers, that was a nightmare, just like Julius Peppers in the early years. Yeah, you always had the you had you know you know back in the heyday of the 2000s, you had uh, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan Stewart running the ball against the Buccaneer defense. You had Thomas Davis at linebacker, has was always a a longtime player for the Panthers, legend for the Panthers. You know, you had guys like you know defensive backs, things like that. Always had some interesting matchups there with the Buccaneers and the Panthers. But uh, you're right, probably the two biggest names of the Panther franchise that we remember. Steve Smith, Julius Peppers, as far as impact players that have inflicted some damage to the Buccaneers, whether it's offensively or defensively. And I especially remember one year, and I need to go to buckpower.com to look this up, and, and I believe it is 2008, where the Bucs are, what, 9-2 and two or 9-3 and three on Monday Night Football. They're going into a premier matchup with the Carolina Panthers. Yep. It's announced that Monty Kiffin is leaving for Tennessee to be the defensive coordinator and consequently the bucks on Monday night football are not able to stop the Panthers with over 200 yards of rushing by the 300, Monday night football. 300 complete. And, and it was a complete and total disaster. Cause I remember being at the radio station at the time, we always talk about at 10, 10 AM and you're yep. sitting there watching this and you're just, you cannot believe what they're doing at that and point. That, and, and that game was kind of the the beginning of the end of the John Gruden era. They were nine yeah. and three. Everybody thought, okay, Gruden's bounced back. He had a couple down years. We're nine yeah. and three. We're going to make the playoffs. He's going to be good. They lose the next four, like you mentioned. Monty Kiffin leaves to go coach at Tennessee with, with son Lane, goes to mm-hmm. Tennessee with Lane. The Bucks get just destroyed on Monday night football, 300 yards on the ground. And they lose the next three games after that. And they go nine and seven, don't make it. And John Gruden's replaced in 2008. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's nine and three. You're right. They're nine and three. They lose the next four. They go nine and seven. And uh, yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly. All right. Let's go back to the heyday, the early days, 1995. The first ever meeting with the Panthers wasn't played in Charlotte. This game was played in Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina. The, the, the Charlotte, the stadium in Charlotte wasn't quite ready yet. So the Panthers played their first year of home games at Clemson in South Carolina. I know that because I was there. I was there mm. that day in, in Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina. As a college senior, I drove over from Birmingham, Alabama for the day, met a buddy of mine. First time I'd ever been to Death Valley. I remember walking the stadium. Remember they have the famous run down the run down the ramp with Clemson, the rock and all that stuff. It was a uh, sparsely attended game. There was, it wasn't a sold a sellout crowd. The bucks get it done in Clemson 20 to 13 Trent Dilfer injured early Casey Weldon, Florida state legend comes in and saves the day with a late one yard touchdown run to send the Buccaneers to victory lane 20 to 13. Oh, and who was the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers that day? Expansion, I'm going to say, was it Kerry Collins? I thought it, I thought it was Kerry Collins or Steve Berline. We have, one of those, that sounds about right. One of those two guys, um, 
Kerry Collins may have come the next year because I know he was with the Giants. He may have come the next year. It might have been Steve Berline, actually, the more I think Steve about Berline. it. Yeah, that's and, and I believe he's he's an analyst now. Yeah, yeah. For, uh, Long-time Bucks, analyst. So. Former yeah. Notre Dame quarterback. And for Buck fans, Carolina fans, go to buckpower.com to confirm that it was that's Steve it. Berline or it wasn't Steve Berline. Go to all the stats for every game, video, audio clips. Check out the box scores. You'll know who the quarterback was for every game the Bucs have ever played, no matter who it is. Stats, uh, statistics, again, quotes, write-ups for every game, buckpower.com. Our guy, Paul Stewart. Yep, it was Kerry Collins. Was it really? Okay. It was Kerry Collins that day. He went. 18 for 32, 234, one touchdown. But like you said, uh, and they were in those orange uniforms. I mean, that is crazy. Of course, two years before they changed them over. Yeah. Trent Dilfer did go out in the game and Casey Weldon. Uh, yeah. Yes, that was. I was there, day. my brother. It was a hot yes, day. I remember that. It was scorching and hot. And I'm looking it up right now as we speak. Buckpower.com. Paul Stewart does a phenomenal job when it comes to looking it up. Who was the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers that day? Kerry Collins. There you go. There's your answer. 2002. The Bucks win a field goal fest. 12-9. Grammatica hits a 53-yard field goal to tie the game with just under the two-minute warning. And then he kicks another field goal with five seconds left to win at 12-9. This game was in Carolina. You had Rob Johnson as the Buccaneer quarterback. It ended up oh. being the Super Bowl year for the Buccaneers, obviously, in 2002. One of the few games where we had to really rely on Gramatica because, you know, with Gruden there, we all thought, okay, the offensive firepower is going to increase. Not that day in Carolina. Martin, if I remember, I think it was a cold day, too, that day, if I recall, sure. that day yep. in, in Charlotte when Martin Gramatica saves the day for the Buccaneers once again. And he was Rob Johnson at the time was sacked no less than six times, according to uh, buckpower.com, just going to that. And, and I got to feel like, uh, yep. Julius peppers. There you go. Two sacks for 13 yards and Chris Jenkins, two sacks. And uh, uh, of course, uh, another name uh, for bucks history here. That would be what Buckner. Who? Hello. Uh, Buckner. Oh, uh, Brinson Buckner. Brinson. Yes. Brinson Buckner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Wasn't they, he involved with the Buckner organization at some point? He was a couple or years my, ago. He was a defensive line coach. A couple years. I think it was go. with Dirk Cutter. I believe he. There you yep. go. That's right. Yeah. There we go. And remember, yeah. Carolina always had that that fearsome forefront four. They had Jenkins, Buckner, Peppers. Mm. You know, they had, they were always very stout up front with that front four. So, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of impact players there for the Carolina defense under Dom Capers. Capers was the initial, was the first head coach in in Panther history. If you remember that from his Steeler days, he was there. Then obviously John Fox came in for a very successful run. They went to the Super Bowl with Jake DeLome and company. And, uh, and, and, and they've kind of after, after Fox left, they've kind of been up and down as far as, uh, stability and all that stuff. So, all right, week well, three. I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, early on in the Panthers' uh, inception, they were a playoff team, and of course, they had the greatness of Kevin Green. So it was kind of odd, but at the time, expansion was different from 
you know, what the Bucks and the Seahawks went through in the 70s. Totally different. You had an expansion draft. You had a real draft. You had an opportunity to spend money and get players out in free agency. And you know, Kevin Green was definitely leading that charge uh, on the uh, on the first year. Uh, the Carolina yes. Panthers made the NFC title game in year two. The 96-97 year, they were in the championship game and lost to Brett Favre and the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, the year the Packers won the Super Bowl. So year two, Dom Capers had them deep in the playoffs. What a great job. by And and I believe Mr. Bill Poling was the GM and the architect of that team in Carolina. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, my friend. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And, of course, Poling and a part of the Buffalo Bills uh, situation there that's uh, got the Bills 90s to teams. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, they couldn't uh, close the deal. So, all right. We, we mentioned 2008, the collapse of Monday Night Football. We, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 2012, Josh Freeman, Vincent Jackson, 24 yard touchdown, and then a two point conversion to send the game to overtime. Dallas yep. Clark catches a 15 yarder, walk off touchdown. We talked about that last week with TJ. There have been very yes. few walk-off touchdowns in franchise history. That was one of them. Buffalo a week ago was another one. T.J. Reeves was there. Obviously, Josh Freeman to Vincent Jackson wins the game in 2012. The sad news of obviously Vincent Jackson passing not too long ago was a Buccaneer. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting news that came out. Obviously, it sounds like the autopsy showed Vincent Jackson had some substantial CTE uh, damage. That was ter- yeah. terrible to hear that, but you kind of figured that was probably played into the equation a little bit in his tragic death here not too long ago in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, uh, stage two CTE, which is uh, absolutely disappointing and uh, very sad. And uh, you just, uh, this is the reason why they get paid so much money. This is the reason why they get paid millions of dollars. And then on top of it, the hits that they take and Jackson took a lot of them obviously. And uh, it's just a sad situation, but he was a great Buccaneer. Give Vincent full credit as a Buccaneer. We all thought when he came, he did a great job as a player on and off the field. He did a lot of great work in the community uh, when he was with, with with the Buccaneers and uh, you know, he overcame some, some off the field issues early in his career with some drinking issues, um, but turned out to be a really good free agent signing for the Buccaneers again, on the field is a really good player. And then off the field, he did a lot of great work in the community as well. Yeah. And going back to the radio station. And I don't know if you knew this, but I used to do radio with Jenna Lane. We used to have a show every night from six to eight, five days a week. And I used to be screaming at the top of the rooftop, like I am doing right now in my mic in my studio bucks, please go out and free agency and get somebody and the one guy wanted them to get that next year. And they listened because uh, there were some years there. They decided to save money, not going to free agency. Right. I was disappointed, of course, because the Bucks at the time, 2010, their last time they had 10 wins, of course, before uh, Brady gets there. But they have 10 wins. You go into the lockout. They don't do anything in free agency. And then the very next year, you, get, you go out and you get uh, Vincent Jackson, which was the prize free agent at the time, and it absolutely paid big time dividends, even with Greg Schiano at the helm as probably one of the worst Bucks coaches in history. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to 2019. Yeah. Coach Arians' first year, 
Jameis Winston, they play in London. The, the you know, the Bucks were the Bucks and Jaguars obviously are a London favorite. Oh. Jameis throws oh. five picks, a disaster. That's probably one of the games that J- that Bruce Arians in his mind says, I've got to go in a different direction here at the quarterback position. Miserable performance by Jameis, five picks. And again, you're probably you're probably on that plane ride home is when Arians and Jason Light are probably huddling up and probably saying, you know what, guys, we got to go in a different direction here with Jameis Winston. And I remember getting up for that game because, of course, it was uh, in nine thirty. Get up, yeah, nine thirty. You're getting up at about seven o'clock. You're getting down there, getting on camera at eight o'clock. I'm not the best morning person at the end of the day, and then you have to watch that rubbish if you will, to still one of Paul's words because they're over in London. And there are so many good things to take out of that game, so many plays, and then so much bad, especially the turnovers. And what you hear, Jason Powers, is that's when the organization started to look at other options, namely a Tom Brady at the time. But it was just horrifying to watch, whether it was, you know, pressure, him trying to make plays that would be Winston, turning over the ball like an apple turnover that day and having to get up early and then having to stay there most of the day and watch this. I was like, ah, I should have stayed in bed. <laughs> All right. Last year, 20, <laughs> yep. 2020, the famous longest run in Buccaneer history, 99, 98 yards, your boy, Ronald Jones yeah. up the gut yes. in Carolina. The, uh, the bucks rolled to a 46, 23 win, you know, mm-hmm. We all thought at that point, this is before Leonard Leonard Fournette had really stepped forward. Ronald Jones is the guy finally stepping forward. We got an offense. We got a quarterback. We think we have a running back. Ronald Jones goes 98 yards up the gut. Yes. And uh, look, you know, that was a game where uh, uh, that was a season last year, of course, where the Bucs are seven and five and they have to run the table. Carolina gives them a little bit of trouble on the road. Atlanta, of course, gave them trouble on the road. We weren't sure, but they were able to put it together. And then also believe if you go to buckpower.com, Ali Marpet wasn't playing in that game. So that was uh, once again, a big time loss for that offensive line. But that line uh, that day was very good, especially on the victim of volume 98 yards. I loved every minute of it. And I, decided to uh on the uh, other platform to put it in everybody's face leonard fournette this leonard fournette that no ronald jones that day my friend you got it man i know that's your guy so yeah like we talked about buccaneer fans this is ronald jones's last stand as a buccaneer potentially he's got a shot here these next three weeks again i think i mean i don't know if that's a three-week injury for for leonard fournette that looked pretty you know there's different degrees of hamstring injuries that looks severe. The guy couldn't walk off the field. That probably isn't healing in three weeks, to be honest with you. We might not see Leonard Fournette the rest of this year unless it's deep in the playoffs in an NFC divisional or wild or championship type of game. I don't know if he's back in four weeks. I mean, that's that yeah. that looks like a pretty significant hamstring injury. Um, you know, so this could and again, Le'Veon Bell signing. You got Ronald Jones. You hope to you hope. The, here's a guy that we really can use back in the lineup, whether it's in a week or two weeks, Giovanni Bernard, that third mm-hmm. down option out of the backfield, the blocking guy, the James White kind of guy that we think of the Patriots. He is a critical element. We can get him back. That can offset some of the loss of Leonard Fournette because Leonard Fournette had, what did uh, Pete, he had 65, 70 catches already. 
I mean, yeah. they were Brady was throwing him the ball a ton out of the yeah. backfield. Yeah, but you're you're absolutely right about that, and that's the thing with Fournette. He finally stepped up, and look, I think he was good last year uh, in the postseason. But at the end of the day, uh, he's more of a complete back this year, right? He is catching the ball out of the backfield. He is. Uh, blocking on pass protection and that's what you're going to miss out of Fournette and that's what you're going to try to cobble together if you will because we saw Jones being taken out against the Saints on uh, third down but um, again they're going to have to try to get production out of Jones uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and once again the aforementioned uh, just signed yesterday Le'Veon Bell yeah all right let's get to the game Sunday again this is a game that the Bucks. Still, even though they're depleted, Carolina is, 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 is struggling big time. Quarterback problems, Cam Newton not playing well at quarterback. You know, they, yeah. they get beat in, in Buffalo on Sunday. They didn't have a kicker. Kicker got hurt in warmups, so they had to go for it all the time. But Cam Newton, you can just see it's the, it's the, it's the end of the road for Cam Newton. He cannot throw the ball, you know, the, no. like, you, like you have to be able to do as an NFL quarterback. They were flip-flopping between him and Phillip Walker. Um, PJ Walker, you know, speculation that Matt rule might be in a little bit of trouble in Carolina. If they crater here at the end of the year, Carolina defense is good though. They, they stymied Buffalo for a while. They've got a good defense. If you're the Buccaneers get back to balance, the Buccaneers, I think threw the ball, the first 10 plays of the game Sunday against Mm -hmm. new Orleans. You can't do that with no guy winning, no Mike Evans. No, you're exactly right, and I think you're going to have to run the ball, and that's going to be key. Is it going to be Ronald Jones that's going to carry the load? Are they going to yes. have Le'Veon Bell in this situation where he's going to carry the ball? I mean, the transition process from getting a running back and signing him, is he going to make a big impact right away? We shall see. So I, I agree with you on that. And A.B., the return of A.B. in right. this game, uh, that's why I like the Bucks in this game. It's going to probably be a low score because they don't play their best ball on the road. I'll go 27-13 Tampa Bay. They do have a little bit of a time there with their injuries, but it should be a very interesting offense. And Rob Gronkowski definitely has to step up. He's done it all year, but last week, like you said, three drops, nearly also gets hit in the knee, avoids it. I think he's definitely going to be a big part of this offense, as well as Cameron Braid, who, yep. what, caught a touchdown last year on the road versus the Panthers. So we'll see how this Bucks offense comes out. But I like 27 to 13. It may go over. I haven't been really good with my scores this year when it comes to the Bucks. Very difficult to figure out, especially now with Godwin out for the year. Evans most likely missing this game. Fournette's yep. going to miss this game. And Levante also David out. Monte David. So. Yes. I think you're going to see the Bucks go a little more two tight end sets with Brayton Gronkowski. I think that'll open up the door for OJ Howard to get a few more snaps yeah. as well at tight end. So you basically got three tight ends to rotate in the two spots. I think Antonio Brown, and remember, we're not sure what the status of Brashard Perriman is. He might be available coming off the COVID list. He would be, you know, he'd be your number two guy, most likely at receiver with Tyler Johnson at three, probably a Scotty Miller at four. Um, I don't think they want to get into the Scotty Miller and Jalen Darden uh, business a whole lot uh, right. on the field. Some minimal, minimal uh, packages for those guys. I think it's Tyler Johnson, AB, and Perriman. And I think you're going to lean on those tight ends as well. And like you said, more balance with the running game. Jones, a little bit of probably a little bit of Le- Le'Veon Bell, 
maybe a couple carries here and there for Keyshawn Vaughn, but I think you're going to see a little more balanced effort. You're right. Maybe low, lower scoring, lean on the Buccaneer defense. The defense is playing well. I know Levante's out, but you can, you can, you can fill that gap with Kevin Minter and those kind of guys that can fill in. This is where if you're Devin White, Vita Vea, the defensive line, you got to put the, put the load on your shoulders for the next couple of weeks in some games that are winnable games. And I need JPP to show up. I get it. He's dealing with an injury and has been largely ineffective this year, but he's a gamer. He's a veteran. And this is the type of game after the disappointing effort and all three phases of it versus the Saints last Sunday night. This is where you need your veterans to step up. And this is where you need JPP to have a big game versus a Cam Newton. Because Cam Newton's going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball with Hubbard. There's no, there's no Christian McCaffrey. You got the advantage there. Lock down those those receivers. You got DJ Moore to deal with, but you got the, but Cam Newton is not is not a proficient passer. This should be an opportunity nope. for the Bucks secondary to do some damage, step in front of a ball. Time for the Buccaneer defense to score a touchdown. We've not seen a defensive touchdown in a while. This is the time, the kind of game you need to do that. Get it done in Carolina. Make no mistake about it. Because again, winnable games. If you beat Carolina yep. this time, I can promise you in week 17, they're going to have half their luggage packed and ready to go home in week 17 here in, in, back in Tampa. Agree. And then week you 18. have the Jets after that. So, yeah, week yep. 18, which is still crazy. And Brady even mentioned that last week. He can't believe it. I can't believe it either. But here we are facing the Carolina Panthers week 16. Amazing. Yep. Remember, folks, buckpower.com is your source for all things Buccaneers, stats, history, things like that, audio clips, video clips, content. Peter, tell everybody where they can find you and I. We'll be at Duckies. Tell, give, the, give the audience, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, stop by. We had we had Fred McGriff, hopefully future Hall yes. of Famer, join us last Sunday. Mm-hmm. We had a great talk yep. with Fred on the air. Give us some uh, plug, plug what we're doing on Sundays. Yeah, of course, it's on NSPN. I love St. Pete. Uh, It is your pre-half and post-game editions live from Ducky Sports Lounge, 1719 West Kennedy Boulevard in Tampa. Yours truly, Jason Powers, Blake Anthony, even maybe Harry the Greek, and you never know who's going to stop by the crime dog, Fred McGriff, making his appearance there. So very cool. We'll take your phone calls. And because it is not a primetime game, I promise we will have a post-game edition. And, of course, tune in to the Evolution of Sports Talk Television, the Sports Web on Monday and Wednesdays live on NSPN. I love St. Pete. Do three things to me, Jason Powers. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And obviously, of, of check out the Powers on Sports podcast. Some guy that we're talking to right now might be a guest on the show this week on the podcast. (laughs) We might have a little, we got some good stuff to talk to Peter about this week, Christmas edition. We will have a podcast for you. Uh, Powers on sports, check out the YouTube channel as well to see our, our interviews for both this podcast and the powers on sports podcast. The video content will be posted there as well. Um, And before you go, Peter, two, two more things. We'll, We'll get you out of here. Yes. How's Christmas shopping coming? Uh, I haven't done a lot of it yet, but I'm getting a lot for Christmas for myself. I'm giving, I'm, <laughs> you know, a paint job, a new bed, and uh, of course, what we're going to talk about here eventually. Uh, you better get, you rolling. better get Mama Sandra something nice now. 
Oh yeah, I'm going to. I'm just gonna wait to the last minute like I do every year, but I'm gonna definitely get something. That's that's how I do it. And I got uh, you. It'll be fun times. I I kind of like the stressful situation of running in a store and having people freak out and stuff like and 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 experiencing all that. So we're gonna get uh, most of that shopping done this week, but. Uh, like I said, we're going to get it done. And also, there's speculation. I don't want you to tell this because I want we're going to save this. You got to go to the Powers on Sports podcast to hear this full story. But Peter's uh, going to be getting some new jewelry here pretty soon. Some yeah, new jewelry. You got to yeah, check it out. You hear, you'll hear the full story on the Powers on Sports <laughs> podcast. You better go to it. Peter's going to be Peter's going to get some famous jewelry. Interesting, uh-huh. interesting story. Absolutely. Very interesting story. And uh, let's just say I'll be blinging, if you will, uh, on my arm. He'll be able to show up. I mean, and also another rumor, Peter had him a little a little lady from Orlando in town a couple of weeks ago. He's going to have some new bling for her as we head to the Christmas holidays. She's going to be right. She's going to be arm in arm with Peter Blake heading to New Year's Eve, baby. Oh, I love it. I love that. I love the sound of that. I love the thought of that. We'll see how that works out. But yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> All right, folks, check it out. Check us out. Subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Again, buckpower.com podcast network. I'm your host, Jason Peter Blake. Let's get to 11 and 4, please. Can we do that yes. for Christmas? Yes. We'll see you next time, Buck fans. New York Jets next week on the No Quarter Given Podcast. We'll see you next week. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.